This week, we ain't got time to bleed with Predator. This is Body Counts and Beer. Hello and welcome to another edition of Body Counts and Beer. I am Mark Rosenthal. I am Patrick Bromley. I'm right here, John Rooney. And tonight we have a very special guest with us on the podcast. You might know her from Public Access Live, returning to the Public House Theater May 12th through June 30th, Thursdays at 8 p.m. at the Public House Theater. Everyone say hello to Julia Rigby! Hello! Hello, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and today, with our quiet, quiet guest, we're going to be discussing the 1987 John McTiernan classic, Predator, from the director of exec... No, the direct... Ah, shit! The writer of, of Executive Decision, the director of Rollerball, and the star of Twins, Cove Predator, a movie about a giant alien, jungles, bullets, and fucking beef. Just man beef all over the place. John, what's your hot take on Predator? If you like butts, you'll love this movie. Patrick, hot take on Predator. This is the most beef you will see in a movie outside of that scene in Rocky where he's punching in the butcher shop. Julia, hot take on Predator. Sweats, guns, explosions. (laughs) Mark, hot take on Predator. Greatest action movie of all time. Right? Hands down. And like all great movies, Predator begins with spaceships! (laughs) (laughs) Twist! (laughs) Yeah, just spaceships. A spaceship. The twist is at the beginning of the movie. (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) Well, what's weird is it's the 20th Century Fox logo and then a shot of space and I'm like, alright, Predator, episode one, the Predator menace. It is a time of galactic predators. And then the shittiest transport ship from Farscape rolls through the screen. (laughs) And drops off some sort of, like, pod. It does, kind of. Like, the the beginning of the movie really doesn't make a whole lot of sense, unless you already know where the movie is going. And the dropping off of the pod, by the way, is a little bit like a sidecar coming off of a motorcycle. (laughs) (laughs) It's not really launched. It's like he banked off, and it just kept going straight. Guys, guys, you left me behind. Guys, (laughs) guys, guys. And then we get to the movie proper, which opens with the most intense synthesizer slash orchestral score to let you know that Carl Weathers drinking alone is an intense thing. (laughs) There is a lot of emotion packed into, guy sits at a table. Yeah, well, you know, you've got one shot and some synthesizer to try to express that Carl Weathers is essentially where uh, Martin Sheen is at the beginning of Apocalypse Now. (laughs) It's the same shitty fan, the same sweaty atmosphere. And Carl Weathers is soon met by a team of mercenaries featuring some of the biggest luminaries in 80s action history. You and got, politicians. And politicians, of course. Early 2000 politicians. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of only four movies ever made that has two governors in them. Yeah. Uh, you got a, Governor Number 1, Jesse Ventura, The Body. Jesse Ventura. Jesse the body. You got Sonny Landum. You got Bill Duke. You got Hollywood screenwriter Shane Black. You've got that guy who plays Pancho, who nobody knows who he is. He's just there. And then, of course, Carl Weathers and the man, the myth, the Teutonic legend, Arnold Schwarzenegger. 
Star of Commando! <laughs> and Terminator 2. <laughs> but I do love how the first thing he does is let up a sweet cigar. Yeah, he does. This is one of the things I love about 80s action movies, specifically, is that it doesn't matter what time of day, it doesn't matter your location, who you are as a human being, you are always to be sweating. <laughs> always. Everybody is immediately just glistening in baby oil, and it's beautiful. You could drop any of them in a pan and they would cook right away uh, without adding extra oil because it's all there. I mean, they're already sizzling. (laughs) And this is where we find out kind of the basis for the movie. Uh, An old general man approaches Schwarzenegger uh, playing a character named Dutch. Obviously. Of course, yeah. (laughs) And they are told that a a uh, a group of of dignitaries have been taken captive by gorillas in South America, and it's up to Dutch's rescue squad to get them out. No, I got real excited because I heard gorillas took hostages, and I was like, "Oh, sweet! It's a Congo prequel." <laughs> you were like, "Oh, sweet!" It's yeah. a Congo, Congo I, I am skeptical of this. I was waiting for Bruce Campbell to come in and start wisecracking it up. <laughs> So, we are on our way. That's, I mean, yeah, thanks for ruining everything, John. Yeah, dynamite dropping. (laughs) And it's off to South America, the jungles of South America. And we get our first sort of, like, introduction to everybody on the crew. And you kind of learn who everybody is. You've got Jesse the Body Ventura chewing all of the tobacco in the world. Yeah. Yep, wearing a sweet crocodile Dundee cap. Yeah, yeah. And making sure everybody knows that he is a goddamn sexual tyrannosaurus. <laughs> now, was I was a little confused. Was he saying that because he was chewing tobacco that yes, gave yes. him his sexual yes. prowess? Yes, that's very obviously why he said that. He, right. he offers the tobacco to everybody. They all turn him down. Then he makes a disparaging remark regarding their masculinity. <laughs> By dropping an F.A. bomb. Yep. And then he says, it will make you a sexual tyrannosaurus, like me. (laughs) Now, it's interesting that they drop that, because as we will discover throughout the course of this movie, everybody is having sex with everybody. Yeah. (laughs) Like, everybody is everyone else's secret lover. In fact, I like to think that there is a love triangle between uh, Jesse Ventura... Um. Uh, oh God, Carl Weathers and Bill Duke. Bill Duke. Yeah. You're gonna put wow. Carl Weathers in there? Oh yeah. Look at the way that Carl Weathers reacts. Spoiler alert: future in the movie. <laughs> I think it's clear that there's some unresolved emotions flying around that jungle, <laughs> flying like glorious bullets glistening in the sun. They land in the jungle. We meet all the other characters. Shane Black's character Hawkins tells a nice tasteless joke regarding vaginas. Well, what's great about it is it's clearly a sexist joke, but the joke is that nobody laughs at his jokes. Everyone is like, oh, come on, guy, over the line. Why don't you go write Die Hard, you idiot? <laughs> he didn't write Die Hard. Yeah, go write Die Hard, you idiot. All right, okay. <laughs> You, there was literally any number of movies you could have picked, including Lethal Weapons 1 and 2, The Last Action Hero, Last Boy Scout. He likes lasts. And his only regret was that he didn't write Die Hard. I was trying to get him the motivation he needed. I'm sure that the millionaire director of Iron Man 3 doesn't need your motivation. Shane Black, I absolve you of the guilt you've been carrying for decades about not writing Die Hard. And I give you the credit for writing Monster Squad. (laughs) 
So we are introduced to all of our characters and their enigmatic ways, and they land in the jungle, and they immediately set to work. Sonny Landham's character, Billy, is off tracking guys. He knows exactly what happened. There's been a firefight, and they come across three skinned bodies. They come across a helicopter where the pilot's been shot, men in army boots have been uh, led people away, and we're starting to think that maybe Carl Weathers' character, Dylan, hasn't been on the level about what this mission is. And then we get to the mission, and this is where the movie (laughs) takes off. The movie wastes no time recreating the climax of Commando. (laughs) Right, this the this the climax of Commando is fifteen minutes in the middle of Predator, and <laughs> right. Predator keeps getting better. <laughs> it's the opening salvo of Predator. Yeah. <laughs> well, what I love is uh, Arnold clearly puts together a plan of like, all right, there's hostages in there. We gotta play it smart. You flank them. I'll go in this way, and then on our way out, we'll hit the fuel deposit. And then as they're like, all right. Let's do this. And he's like, ah, wait a minute. I'm going to throw a flaming truck into the camp instead. (laughs) What if we just shot all of our guns at once? (laughs) And what follows is uh, nothing but clouds of pink dust for about 20 minutes. (laughs) Each grenade is clearly filled with a gallon of kerosene. And each gun is filled with a grenade. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Arnold Schwarzenegger blows up an entire building with one bullet shot. Yeah, everybody here has grenade launchers, automatic weapons, each carrying incendiary ammo. Every person who gets shot is blasted back at a minimum of 10 feet. Yeah, easy. And so many guys get stunt launched off of their various pedestals into water, into fire, into other big piles of things. There are so many railing deaths in yeah. just oh, this man. scene. Yeah. And not a single Wilhelm scream. That, that is the movie's one demerit. <laughs> <laughs> a helicopter gets blown up. And then, of course, we get the requisite Schwarzenegger quip in. Yeah. Two men... Hanging out, minding their own business in the middle of a firefight, just chilling. Schwarzenegger breaks in, throws a sword-length machete <laughs> through a man, and then says, stick around. <laughs> Which is great because the, the line itself was improvised, but if you look at the framing, it is the only line spoken in, in that whole very... Frame. And yeah. it's, it's, it's a shot that's separate from the death shot. So clearly he said to the crew, Guys, guys, I've got a great idea. Just get my... I don't know why he was Bobcat Goldberg. <laughs> but it was the 80s and he was king of stand-up town. Uh, but he was like, guys, guys, I've got the best line. It's going to go in all the trailers. And they're like, all right, Arnold, we're going to trust you. <laughs> St- stick around, R- right? Yeah, yeah, right, guys? I know jokes. <laughs> and the crew was like, well, I guess. I mean, it's not really that kind of movie, but sure. <laughs> That's immediately followed up by him kicking down a door and then saying, knock, knock. Yeah. So clearly- oh, no, no, no. He kicks down a door, murders two people going to the bathroom, and then says, knock, knock. <laughs> to nobody. To himself. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think, I, I like to think that he, like, laughs the rest of the day thinking about that. <laughs> like, he, like he he walks out, he shoots another couple guys, throws another few grenades, blows up a hut, and he's like, knock, knock. <laughs> oh, man. I got those assholes. 
Like, he was just like, does anybody have a camera? <laughs> so I'm going to redo this for you. It's so good. <laughs> they murder so many people. An entire village. Sure. And they don't even find any. All the hostages are dead already. Uh, and whether they were dead by the time they got there or they died in the carnage brought forth by Jesse Ventura and his handheld minigun. <laughs> it is a great minigun minute. <laughs> there's there's a like 30 second like unbroken shot of him just raining death upon people. But what I love is he has a look on his face like a, like a pterodactyl can opener from the Flintstones of just like, Mads a living. He could not be more bothered by having to launch this amazing weapon in the field. Well, that's because he didn't get to use his weapon of choice, suplex. (laughs) (laughs) So, after they defeat all of the gorillas with the UE, no Congo, uh, they are take one captive, a woman who we come to find out later, her name is Anna, and she is the only female gorilla? I, something? Yeah, it's, I'm assuming it's a Smurfette situation. I'm not sure this was ever explained. It really isn't. No. It's uh, it's clearly like a bunch of like well-trained paramilitary dudes who just aren't trained enough to handle Schwarzenegger's six dudes. The Russians were involved. Yeah, and then one like Cuban revolutionary. It is amazing how much effort they put into this like weird multinational conspiracy that just absolutely absolutely refuses to go anywhere. (laughs) Because it is a red herring, because immediately afterwards, our first victim of the Predator is claimed. And it is poor Shane Black. Oh no! Uh, Yep, Hollywood screenwriter Shane Black. Died without writing Die Hard. Yep. (laughs) That's on his tombstone. He lived, he didn't write Die Hard, he died. And then Shane Black is standing in front of him saying, I'm still alive! (laughs) Whatever, go write Die Hard, you idiot! I have a movie coming out this summer, it's called The Nice Guys. Uh, You know what, it's not called Die Hard, so go fuck right off, Shane Black. And so he did. (laughs) Shane Black, if you're listening, I loved Iron Man 3. (laughs) Even though all of the bad guys were wounded war veterans. <laughs> so Hawkins's body is taken by the predator. Anna sees it. She's the only one who sees it, and she's very freaked out about this. And she keeps saying things in Espanol to them that they don't understand. You just hear words of Diablo and uh, uh, other words in Spanish. I don't know because I never bothered to learn. Yeah, and there's no subtitles. They don't help you with that. No, at all. that's true. That's true. They don't dumb it down for yeah, us. That's true. Well, because the the other characters, there's two other characters who speak the same language: Carl Weathers and that other guy whose name I did not bother to learn Poncho. because it's Poncho. Not important. He's just Poncho. Poncho. And he is very important. I disagree. <laughs> In fact, I'm going to ask at the end of this podcast, what happened to him? Because it's unresolved. It's not. It's not. We'll get there. Okay. He probably gets it worse. (laughs) Yeah. So now it's 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 the mercen not mercenaries the rescue squad whatever they are rescue team yeah and they are on the run trying to get back to the the extraction point because no to the chopper it is specifically the chopper actually it's specifically the chopper yeah I was about to say whatever word John was saying had way too many terminal R's. 
So, guys, do you think that nicknaming him Dutch was like a subtle dig at his Austrian ancestry? <laughs> yeah, right. Whatever, Dutchie, get back in the field. <laughs> I'd like. I don't think it is. A My nickname. name is Brandon. Whatever, Dutch. <laughs> I don't think it is a nickname. I think he's just called Dutch. I believe that it's either his first or last name. His la- no, his name is Dutch Schaefer. That's his name. It's in oh, the credits. Of course. Right. He's a. Look, he also played John Matrix in Commando, okay? Like, they don't have to give him a good name. Because all you care about is all of the meat wrapped around yeah. his skeleton and that beautiful angular face of his. I will say I never think of I never think of him as a character. I only ever think of him as Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right, yeah. It really doesn't matter. Kindergarten cop's own Arnold Schwarzenegger. Ugh. Unfortunately, it's not Kindergarten Cop 2's own Dolph Lundgren. (laughs) Uh, So we do find out after the the mission goes wrong that Dylan set them up. It was just a coup. They were just there to take over this country. And Arnold Schwarzenegger's Dutch is not happy about that. Something wrong, Julia? Do you take issue? I think they I mean, it's not clear. They could be there to take over the country. I'm pretty sure they were there to stop whatever mission that that the people they just blew up were going to take with them into the jungle. It did seem like Carl Weathers was super pumped to find those pieces of paper. Yeah, I feel like they were going to stop someone someone else from doing something bad. Awesome visual comedy. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be great on this podcast. Way to quote fingers. The the vigorous finger quoting across that entire sentence. It helped put it in my voice. Yeah. Classically trained actress, Julia Rigby. (laughs) (laughs) Cast her in all your stuff, idiots. (laughs) Yeah, do you have one of those dumb Shakespeare plays? (laughs) Or one of those shitty... Uh, Beckett plays. Oh, uh, calling you out, Beckett. Yeah, Beckett. I'm right here, Beckett. Yeah, Beckett. I know you were Irish, but you lived in France and you drove Andre the Giant oh, to school. Stop. Fuck you, Beckett. Your estate doesn't allow people to do your plays for no money, even though they should. <laughs> What are you going to do? Look into the darkness of human existence and cry about it? Beckett? Yeah. Now that we've offended all the theater lovers out there. <laughs> I think we've only offended Beckett. <laughs> all right. So now it's on the run from the Predator. And really, the whole scene of them blowing up the gorillas in the jungle only exists to inflate the body count of the movie. You know what I yeah. mean? It really only exists so we can see these guys being the best at what they do. I think in the special features of the DVD, McTurnan actually says he wanted to do the most explosions that anyone had ever put in one sequence. Like, that was the deal, to make it the biggest, longest action raid that anyone had put together. Right, well, it is about 20 minutes long, (laughs) and it does have about 4,000 explosions (laughs) per minute. An entire small town is blown to pieces. Yeah, it is. It's it's like a giant Ewok tree village, (laughs) and they... Bullet it to the ground. <laughs> it is destroyed. No traces. There's no... Yeah. <laughs> Which means, like, they don't show it, but somebody was sent back to burn it all. Down. <laughs> right? They yeah. certainly did not show any quarter to their enemies. That's no. correct. Which is a violation of the Geneva Conventions. We'll get to that. <laughs> Ooh, foreshadowing. <laughs> Predators! <laughs> 
oh shit, they're in this movie. Well, no, they're they're they they're looking for Hawkins's body, and the predator finds Jesse Ventura. That's right, and he. He, Jesse Ventura is a real trendsetter in this right, scene. Right, yeah. Because he's got a bitchin' MTV shirt. And yeah, an amazing minigun that he just starts indiscriminately firing into the jungle, and then all the other characters are like, oh, this is what we're doing? Great. Let's all stand beside him and also shoot him. No, 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 Jesse Ventura's Blaine is just standing there chewing gum like a big dumb face, and then he takes the slowest laser bolt through his chest ever in existence. It's traveling at about four miles an hour. It blows a hole in his chest the size of his head, and then everyone's like, whoa, 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 whoa! Let us fire indiscriminately into the jungle, and that's what they do. If we can take a minute there, because he does have like a a more or less like a laser orb shoulder uh, gun that shoots like a fairly reasonably paced... Laser Who does Jesse sure. Ventura? The, the Predator. <laughs> but he kills Jesse Ventura with, as Mark described, what looks like a like a bat wing. Yes! Like, that just kind of whips around, but it's made out of light. It's a blue orb. You know what it looks like? It looks kind of like one of the aliens from Cocoon, uh, but like as a fetus. Like a tiny yeah. version of it in blue. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, you don't like my Cocoon reference, John? <laughs> Would you? Wilford Brimley is very disappointed in you. I'm sorry, it looked like one of the robots from Batteries Not Included. Yeah. Put on fire with blue, Woo. and it drives through his tummy. Now that's yes. a reference I can get behind. <laughs> it, was like, it, was, it was like a photon torpedo in the shape of a boomerang. Yeah. It looked like laser technology capable in the 1987. <laughs> <laughs> they peered ahead into the slight future. <laughs> Somebody called up DARPA and was just like, hey, what are you guys working on? Slow lasers? Sweet. (laughs) That's the thing. If we freeze the frames and really magnify it, you'll see it's actually just that old, like, geometric screensaver. (laughs) It's just the the lines bouncing back and forth. So, yes, Jesse the Body Ventura bites it in a really great way. His chest explodes, and the rest of the team... Begin. There's a 20 second just unbroken shot of them firing bullets all over the place. <laughs> they level like 50 square yards of jungle. <laughs> and then when they're done, Sonny Landon goes out and he's like, Nothing, there's nothing out there. We didn't hit anything. How do you not hit anything? Yeah, that is statistically impossible. You hit trees, you hit wildlife, you oh, hit yeah. the soul of the forest, I'll bet. <laughs> yeah, there's like 50... Fern Gully weeps oil tears. <laughs> yes. Leaded oil tears. <laughs> oh no, but what's Tone Loke gonna voice now that that stupid lizard's dead? <laughs> but we see, though, that that declaration was hasty because Anna... Finds blood on the leaves. Predator blood. Oh, no. And it's glowing bright green. Julia, would you like to tell us why? It's made out of glow sticks and personal lubricant. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like the personal lubricant probably got in there by mistake when they were oiling up for their (laughs) close-ups. That's all just muscle grease. KY Muscle Grease. Yeah, absolutely. It's sold by the bucket. Right, what do you guys use? Probably Vaseline, you plebs. <laughs> There's tons of it in every gym without windows I've ever been in. <laughs> 
So now, again, they're on the run from the Predator, who still hasn't really been seen. He's still just an invisible shape, just a, an outline yeah. jumping through the woods. It's like a weird Star Trek cloaking device effect where you just see, like, a wavy outline every time he moves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like just like his heat signature. Yeah. And finally, we find out that uh, Anna gives a little monologue here where she talks about how... Yeah, she uh, auditions for a Eugene O'Neill play in the middle of the jungle like you do. Right, and she explains that uh, they call him the devil that makes trophies out of people. He's been there before, only when it's hot and the days (laughs) are getting hot. (laughs) Yeah, they are. Soup's hot. Spoiler alert, she speaks English now. Right, out of nowhere she decides to speak English. Well, no, Dutch takes her by the shoulders, gives her one firm shake. Which, to be fair, from a Schwarzenegger type, is basically like spine rattling. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. And uh, it's the Chris Rock approved method of arguing (laughs) with women. And, uh... Patrick's gonna get yelled at. (laughs) Now might be a good time to... And says no more names. (laughs) Oh, do we do we need to reference the actual shaking the shit out of you? No, no, no. <laughs> just just the death stare that you were getting from Julia. I was saying now would probably be a good time to say Julia and Patrick are married to one another for now. For the <laughs> remainder of the podcast. Will they stay together? Your votes make the difference. <laughs> Dial 1-800-DIVORCE if you want them to divorce. Or 1-800-STAY-TOGETHER if you want them to stay together. And Spell. just yell into the phone Please. whoever answers. Or 1-800-999 if you want Jason Todd to die. <laughs> oh, I do. Let me get my phone out. Hold on. He's the worst Robin. <laughs> so now that we've alienated couples, comic book fans, theater folk. <laughs> Jason Todd specifically. He throws his podcasting machine into the fire in a huff. Indignantly leaves his rocking chair. His podcasting machine? It's a Victrola that only gets the Apple Store. (laughs) You gotta hand crank it until it warms up. (laughs) It's all they have left in Gotham after the end times. Oh man, they are under attack from the Predator. The Predator is coming at them left and right. They set it. They begin setting traps for a predator. And this is the uh, 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 a scene where they like are setting their first like little Home Alone style traps as a sort of uh, um, perimeter. They set up flares and they put cute little mossy toupees on them. <laughs> they pull down a whole tree. <laughs> Two dudes pull down a whole tree, tie it down. And watch that scene in slow motion and then rewind and watch that again. <laughs> sure, and if you maybe have, say, I don't know, uh, Hitachi personal massager, candy, and some KY muscle, muscle grease, <laughs> you might have a you might have a good weekend, that's all I'm saying. Pro and, tip. <laughs> and they all they all kind of wait to see what's gonna happen, and in the middle of the night, flares go off! Oh no! What's happening? Oh, it's probably the Predator, I'll bet. It's it is! definitely the Predator! It has to be the Predator! And Bill Duke with his another giant sword-shaped <laughs> knife. Well, here's the great thing is Bill Duke, up until the lead-up to this, has been monologuing himself to the moon, where he yeah. believes Jesse Ventura's soul to rest now. He's very upset. He, at, one t- at one point, he's monologuing, and he's promising... 
to the dead Jesse Ventura. I'm gonna cut your name into him. Yeah, I'm gonna cut your name into it him. It is of all the people, it hits him the hardest when Jesse dies. Which well, again, yeah. they were absolutely lovers. No, no. Yes, as as, as Bill Duke says, he was uh my friend. <laughs> Sure, no one with anything to hide would ever put a pause in their sentence. <laughs> Certainly not a subvocal. <laughs> and again, like, if you look at the background, Carl Weathers gets real agitated anytime he talks about Jesse Ventura. <laughs> There's, like, a lot of unresolved feelings going on. Are you sure that's not because in the first scene, Jesse Ventura spits all the tobacco under his shoe? I think and that he's was just a playful. Angry. I oh, think or that Carl Weathers has been a duplicitous son of a bitch the entire time and I feel slightly guilty. Guys, all I'm saying is this is Steel Magnolias happening in the jungles of South America with a killer predator. In the middle of the night, they're attacked. The flares go off. The traps are set. And Bill Duke, with his trusty sword knife, murders the offending beast, which turns out to be a giant pig. And man is the true monster. (laughs) Everyone gives a look like they're horrified at what just happened. And then they laugh. Yeah, Yeah, and then they laugh because he murdered uh, an innocent animal. Yep. Hilarious. But they won't laugh for long. Because Jesse Ventura's body has been stolen. Snatched! Oh no! (laughs) Taken from unster their noses! The pig! Was a decoy. What did you say to me? It was tooken. Uh, Julia, I'll remind you that you were a guest on this podcast, and you are not <laughs> to correct me. It is half took, half baggins, all right? <laughs> the adventurous took side comes through, and he is ready to but leave the Shire, but his baggins will always call him back home. John, I'd like to remind you that you are a contributor to this podcast, and you are not to reference Lord of the Rings until we watch it! Wait, what movie did we watch? Predator! Oh, damn! All my jokes are about Star Trek DC Comics from the 80s and Lord of the Rings. Now everyone knows what basement you grew up in. (laughs) My parents. Guys, what was this movie about? Awesome. It's about awesome. awesome. The Predator springs their own trap on them, and Poncho... John, the guy you <laughs> deemed unworthy of remembering, yeah. takes a log to the chest and has his body caved in. Yeah, but he can make it, Yeah, he says. He feels like he can. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I can make it. But Arnold Schwarzenegger gives specific instructions to get him to the chopper, does he not? John, John, I will not remind you again, it is the chopper. <laughs> I will not uh, strike two for me, I guess. Two? <laughs> My demerit, I'll sign it, it's fine. <laughs> Any more of these and I'll get an insul suspension. <laughs> but that's okay, because then you can hang out with the jock, the princess, the goth, and the nerd, and you guys will be best friends. Oh, nice! Are we going to have breakfast? <laughs> uh, yes. Yes, you will. The breakfast gang. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. If John's there, is there going to be another nerd? <laughs> wow. How many Anthony Michael Halls do we need? I don't... As many as we can get our hands on, Patrick. <laughs> Shit just got real. 
<laughs> I couldn't even respond with laughter because I was like, damn, he's right. <laughs> and then I was like, John's going to kill Patrick. <laughs> and then I was like, nah, I think Patrick will be all right. Yeah, no. <laughs> We're all going to work it out and John's going to write a great essay <laughs> about the lessons we learned. What I did on my summer vacation. Patrick was mean to me for a while. <laughs> Published in McSweeney's Quarterly. <laughs> and... Now the Predator is really on their tail, and he's taking him out. He blows a hole right through Poncho's head as they're trying to get him out of there. Bill Duke goes on a rampage, and him and Dylan, Carl Weathers, decide that this is the time they're going to take him out. And they kind of fan out into the woods, and Bill Duke sees him there, and he's going to shoot him, and then he gets got. He sure does. He gets got. A laser blast right through the skull. He gets a laser blast through his face, his head actually explodes like a Gallagher watermelon. Yeah. <laughs> in a pours... way that makes me think it was originally filmed in 3D. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> blood just pours all over that poor camera. Oh, yeah. Which is now broken forever. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan is going to make up for his duplicitous nature and take on the Predator himself. And in doing so, will have his arm blown clean off. Yeah. <laughs> but... Still firing. Because he's a badass, that, that finger stays clenched, and that gun stays firing until it's out of ammo. It fires It fires like 30 more bullets yeah. once it's released from his body. We watch it fall slow motion to the ground, flop around like a big rubber arm, yep. <laughs> and continue to fire. <laughs> but meanwhile, the Predator is no longer in front of him. He's behind him! Oh no! Is he going to be okay, you guys? Nope, he's going to get Wolverine clawed right in the back! Yeah, he is. It looks bad. It looks real bad. I think that probably hurt. He's probably dead. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah, I mean, that's and that's embarrassing, too, because he got murdered by Dolph Lundgren, and now he's sure. getting murdered by a predator, and it's yeah. just like, come on, Carl Weathers. Pick better projects. <laughs> <laughs> Have some respect for yourself, right? Carl Weathers. Uh, one day, maybe you should move up to getting punched in the face by Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a job. <laughs> that sounds like a career. <laughs> <laughs> and now, Arnold Dutch tries to get Anna to run. Run to the chopper. Get to the chopper, the he chopper. yells. And it's now him versus the Predator. Well, no. Versus now, wait. a cliff. Versus, versus a cliff. a waterfall. Versus an additional waterfall. We skipped an important part here. When Dylan dies, he lets out a pretty manly scream. And this True. lets uh, Sonny Landham, Billy, know that right. he's got to have the big final standoff himself. So on a log bridge across an awesome Mexican river, uh, Billy takes off his tactical vest, takes off his bitchin' charm necklace and wraps it around his hand like it's tape for a boxer, takes his also sword-sized knife <laughs> out of his pants and cuts himself across the chest like he's a Viking Indian sure, right. from long ago. To weaken himself for the final battle. Yeah. <laughs> As you do. And then after all that, he just screams off screen. And it's, yeah, it's a real letdown. It it's, is. Uh, that's the most anticlimactic part of the movie. Well, especially because Sonny Landham himself, the person, was such a, a badass human being to the point that they had to hire a bodyguard for him to get him insurance for the movie. Not to keep him out of trouble, to protect the other members of the cast from him. <laughs> right, right. Lest he get drunk one night and just start a punching. <laughs> 
And all he gets is an off-camera girly scream. Yeah. That poor guy. unfortunate. Yeah. And then it's up to Schwarzenegger. Anna goes to the chopper. The chopper. And he begins building even more Home Alone-style traps. And what is our only montage of the movie? It's been a while since we've had a montage. This is a good one, though. And this is great. This is, uh, he's setting traps with, like, spikes. He's building a bow. He builds a compound bow. Yeah. Out of of a tree and his own sweat. Capable of shooting through another tree. Right. He he somehow makes arrowheads. He smelts arrowheads, (laughs) attaches them to arrows, and fashions a bow powerful enough to fire homemade stick arrows through a three-foot tree. Then he builds uh, a bunch of spears, little grenades made out of banana leaves. Then he climbs up to the top of a cliff with a big giant uh, torch and just screams into the night. Yeah. Yeah. To signal to the predator. He's gotten all muddied back up in his camouflage because, you know, uh, uh, right before this, after he goes on his big awesome water park ride into what (laughs) looks like the greatest lagoon in the universe. Sell me tickets and a Mai Tai. (laughs) Uh, He gets all muddy on the riverbank and and he learns that the predator can't see him. So at this point he gets muddy again and he's ready for the fight and he's full on Urukai. Uh, okay, if I can't make Lord of the Rings references, then neither can Patrick. That's oh, only come on. fair. He did it first, though. <laughs> I did it best, someone Whatever. <laughs> Your mom. <laughs> Probably is listening to this episode. <laughs> Hi, mom. Keep retweeting. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, she is the she is one of our eight Twitter followers <laughs> and the only one who likes and retweets us <laughs> on a regular basis. So thank you, Mrs. Rooney. <laughs> You're a peach. <laughs> Your patronage is greatly appreciated. You couldn't see it, but uh, Mark just did a very dainty hand bow. Yeah, yeah I doffed my imaginary cap to thee. <laughs> he did it so that you could hear it in his voice. <laughs> thank you, Julia. Alright, get this Meisner technique right out of here. Chekhov! You're Chekhov! I love Chekhov. He's my favorite Star Trek character. The Vessels! Wessels! You can't pronounce the V! Wait a minute, guys. What movie are we watching now? Um, Star Trek 4. Return home! Cool, so I love the part where the Shatner beats up the punk on the bus. Oh, I love that part, too. I love the part where Spock punches all the whales. <laughs> so what's this podcast about? Uh, I would like to point out it's called Body Counts and Beer, and we've had copious amounts and of body counts. <laughs> That's what we call beer. <laughs> to be fair, this podcast should just be called Beer and Beer <laughs> and Idiots Talking. <laughs> start I'll take it. <laughs> and so it comes down to it. Predator versus Schwarzenegger, the battle of the century. This is a really great battle. It's amazing. Uh, Schwarzenegger begins by confounding the Predator's senses. He throws rocks and the Predator doesn't know where they're coming from. He's shooting like his crazy explosive arrows. And then the Predator pulls, the Predator pulls a Jesse Ventura and begins firing slow-moving lasers indiscriminately into the jungle. (laughs) 
<laughs> Although they are really, when they explode, they explode into like sparkling fireworks and yeah. illuminate yeah. the night yeah. sky with their beauty. It's like the end of Mulan, but yeah. violent. <laughs> The Predator begins firing his, his laser, slow-moving lasers, blowing up whole tree cities, I assume, and then they finally come face-to-face, and the Predator's like, we're gonna do this like men, and he undoes his mask, he throws off his shoulder-mounted laser cannon, and he pulls his mask off to reveal the face of the Predator. Which is amazing. Yeah, it's really great creature design. Just the creepy mandibles clicking and beady little eyes and giant like nine head. I don't know. Way guys. too many mouths. I think he's an ugly motherfucker. And Arnold Schwarzenegger agrees with you because that's exactly what he says to his face. <laughs> what I love though is the Predator gives Arnold a look like, well, you take off your hidden shoulder mounted <laughs> laser cannon too. Remove your silly mask. I know you're wearing one. Come on, let's be fair. I think that the Predator is well aware of how human anatomy works. Yeah. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's been destroying parts of the human anatomy for a good afternoon. <laughs> and if you thought that this means we're about to have a fair fight, the first couple of punches are going to tell you different. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the, predator, the Predator proceeds to beat Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> mostly to death. Which, like a we rented have, mule. <laughs> We have never seen this level of violence against Arnold Schwarzenegger, and I don't think we ever will. This is the one time that he well and truly loses a fight. He And he loses it pretty badly. It is he incredibly is, one-sided. He is getting punched all over the... F- all over the place. I think the only other fight he ever lost is in uh, is in Batman and Robin as Mr. Freeze. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the only other time he's really lost a fight. And you know what? That is the only movie I see Arnold Schwarzenegger in where I'm like, oh, it's Mr. Freeze. I don't see Arnold. <laughs> I do not see any Arnold in that performance. <laughs> to be fair, his delivery of the line... The name is Freeze. Learn it well, for it is the chilling sound of your Your doom. doom. Is his greatest performance of all time. Uh, Unfortunately, it is preceded by Allow me to break the ice. (laughs) Which really undercuts the seriousness of anything else he has to say. Everybody, chill. (laughs) Let's kick some ice. Wait, what movie are we talking about? Predator. No. No, we're not. All of this happened in Predator. You guys didn't see this part? Yeah, the part where Uma Thurman comes out of the jungle dressed in leaves, and she seduces everybody with magic leaf potions? Yeah. That happened. No, we're at that part. It's the big finale. Yeah, right. So the Predator's punching Arnold Schwarzenegger mostly to death, and Schwarzenegger manages to scurry away with a well-timed banana leaf grenade, and scurries back into his little hidey canyon hole. And the Predator is following him in, and you know that Dutch has got something ready for him. He's got his little spike trap, and he's ready to go. And the Predator, just before he gets in, sees the spikes. And he's like, I don't trust this guy. (laughs) Not today, Arnold. (laughs) Which is when we get... Two minutes of Arnold Schwarzenegger just screaming at the Predator <laughs> to kill him. I'm right here. Do, do it. it. Do, do it. it. I'm right here. Kill me. Kill me now. I'm here. Do it. Do it now. Over and over this is again. about half of what it was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's great is his mouth forms a perfect square as he's yelling. <laughs> 
The Predator, meanwhile, is just like, man, you're way too desperate for this. I'm taking the long way around. <laughs> he walks around the little hidey hole, and he's just about to put the finishing blow on Dutch when Dutch realizes, oh shit, I set a log trap like those motherfuckers on Endor. Kick tripwire, boom, he takes a log to the face. This is worth pointing out that Arnold Schwarzenegger somehow wrenched up a, like, eight-foot, foot-and-a-half, two-foot diameter log, like, 20 feet in the air. Yeah, dude. That probably weighed a ton. Yeah. That's not an exaggeration. It probably weighed 2,000 pounds. To be fair, he did throw a car at somebody earlier. (laughs) Like, that was the first thing he did in this movie. He lit a cigar and threw a car. (laughs) The Predator takes the log right into his face goes down and you think it's over. And Arnold gets up and he pulls up a big giant rock. <laughs> but then he catches... finishes the predator. He makes eye contact with the noble creature and cannot bring himself to finish it off. For all life is beautiful in the eyes of the predator. <laughs> this poor pathetic thing. Coughing up gack. <laughs> and he drops his rock and he's like, you know what? We're cool, man. (laughs) You proved yourself to me, the Predator. (laughs) And then the Predator responds by going, beep, boop, boop, beep, countdown to a nuke. Well, what's, he does, yeah, he's got this, like, wrist-mounted nuclear device, and then he starts laughing like, (laughs) what's great is he starts laughing, and it starts out like Jabba the Hutt, and then ends with, like, Jack Nicholson Joker laugh. And you get all the variations in between. It is glorious. Dutch realizes what's going on when he sees the little digital counter going down and starts taking off and he's running and he's booking. And I'd say he gets a good 50 feet away before the tactical nuclear explosion happens. Yeah. But, you know, he does dive behind a bush. So he's totally fine. So he's okay. Yeah, no, the bush is the second most highly rated anti-nuclear device besides the, you know, school death from the 50s. Yeah. Well, there was enough lead in the uh, KY jelly that he used to lube up with that he's going to be fine. That's right. That's KY muscle grease (laughs) made with lead and asbestos. Buy it by the bucket. (laughs) You won't regret it. Use it by the handful. <laughs> they're sponsors, right? Uh, fingers crossed. I think they're going to start paying us to stop mentioning their product, yes. Again, that's KY Muscle Grease. <laughs> now inconvenient travel size, but it won't be enough, so buy more. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just imagining, like, just smaller buckets. Yeah, right? <laughs> like tiny three-ounce buckets. You bring it up to the cashier at the mom-and-pop shop, and he's like, Oh, son, you're gonna need a lot more than this. It's in the back. I'll get it for you. <laughs> no, sir, I really just need this. Please, I need to leave now. No, no, it's no trouble. It's no trouble. Mother? You stay here. You Mother, stay- can you do a price check on the KY Muscle Grease? No, really, I'm fine. I just need this. To, I, I just I have to go now. Uh, muscle Grease is $4.99 a bucket. I'll waive the tax for you. It's fine. <laughs> Please. Let's go get the hand truck. No, stop. Stop. I'll just leave whatever I have in my wallet on the counter. Thank you. Bye. I love that we turn this into that stereotypical 80s teen comedy scene where somebody goes to buy condoms and they're just like, uh, I'll take these Slim Jims and this magazine and this KY Muscle Grease and then also this candy bar and this t-shirt and maybe some more KY Muscle Grease. <laughs> 
the jungle explodes. There's a mushroom cloud. But Dutch is left standing overnight. He's standing like an Adonis statue. Yeah. Hands he, on hip, glistening in the morning dew. He's literally doing a Captain Morgan pose. Yeah. <laughs> he's got his hands on his hip, his knee up, and he's staring into the distance as the helicopter shows up to take him to civilization where uh, they can all go be treated for radiation poisoning. Yeah. <laughs> and then cut to the goofiest end credits this movie could possibly have. <laughs> the movie's end credits? Uh, to be fair, there's not many speaking lines in the movie, so they make sure to give everyone their due by doing a wacky sitcom <laughs> opening as the credits of the movie. <laughs> You get the, uh, the the character name, the actor name, and like a short pose before they freeze on that pose. They literally wink into the camera. They uh, uh, Carl Weathers offers you a sip from his canteen. <laughs> yeah. That's Bill Duke. That's Bill oh, Duke. yeah. Oh, Carl oh. Weathers catches a gun that's thrown at him. <laughs> that's true. And then gives like a little nod of a winning like, smile. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all like smiling and laughing. And then it gets to Schwarzenegger finally and says, Arnold Schwarzenegger as Dutch. And all it is is him turning to look at the camera like, someone was like hey Arnold (laughs) and then freeze frame credits (laughs) and that's the end of Predator guys that's it as well as every other movie we have ever seen (laughs) (laughs) it is funny the the ending credit sequence I was expecting a little 30 minute whatever happened to predictability (laughs) the milkman the paper boy evening TV Oh, you miss all your old familiar friends <laughs> just waiting around the bend. <laughs> Probably skinned and hanging upside down. <laughs> that was my very favorite, very special episode of Full House. <laughs> the one where where Mr. Woodchuck just went on a rampage. It turns out that the dog was actually a Shoggoth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. One of the ancient unspeakable ones. Yeah. yeah. That you just spoke... <laughs> Well, before the apocalypse happens, we're going to take a quick break and then we are going to get to Bullet Points! Bullet Points! Alright, and we are back with our very first bullet point, Body Counts! Body Counts. John, what do you think the body count of this movie is? Uh, I am going to put it at... 76, counting the village massacre at the beginning and all the people that died in the course of the film. <clears throat> Julia, your body count for the movie. Is it closest without going over? Because yes. 75! <laughs> Ooh, okay, yeah. We're playing by house, we're playing by, uh, uh, what do you call it, Price is Right rules. Yeah, normally this is a game of no rules. <laughs> There's only chaos and guessing. <laughs> Patrick, your body count. Uh, I'm going with a good 150. Whoa, okay, so Patrick's way over. (laughs) And Julia actually came closest. The actual confirmed body count is 84. No, it's the closest closest. without going over because it was John because he was 76. 76. Oh, I thought you went one over. Fuck you, Julia. John wins! (laughs) We never let John win. Congratulations, Julia. Congratulations, Julia! I'd like to thank my fans. Yeah, the body count was 84, which to me seems like low. Seems low. Because I'm pretty sure they murdered an entire city of people. Yeah. 
Yeah. And also, a nuclear explosion went off in the jungle. That is definitely going to kill many people when the wind picks up. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Several species of sloth were just obliterated. (laughs) And now we move on to our next body, our next bullet point. Best kill. Best kill. Julia, what's the best kill? The best kill of the movie is uh, the scorpion death. Oh, all right. Explain the scorpion death, because I don't know if we covered it. We did not, so Julia, take it away. There's a scorpion on the back of Carl Weathers, but he doesn't know it yet. (gasps) And Bill Duke goes, Scott, come over here. Come over here. Turn around. And it's very creepy, because he's earlier threatened to, like, bleed him and leave him there real quiet-like. And so he's like, I don't know about this. And he turns around, kind of, I'm gonna die. And then he does reach out a knife, and he stabs a scorpion. Whoa. I've been transported (laughs) to a movie I just watched an hour ago. Ladies and gentlemen, classically trained actress, Julia (laughs) Rigby. Patrick, what's your best kill? Oh, man. There's some seriously good ones in this. But, you know, I think I'm going to go with uh, the untimely death of Jesse Ventura. Oh, yeah. I think that the big, giant, slow-moving laser batarang that blows his entire chest open, is uh, that's pretty serious. I like that. Also, fuck that MTV logo. <laughs> really, it's a two-for-one. It was a pretty great kill. I love the Jesse Ventura kill, uh, specifically because when he gets his chest blown out, there's a look on his face like, that's new. Right? (laughs) And I also like that the Predator first, like, shoots him in the shoulder to turn him around with his, like, regular blaster, and he gets out the the big glowing batarang because clearly Jesse Ventura is just too much man. To be killed with a normal blast. That's true. Everyone knows that the only weakness of the sexual Tyrannosaurus is a giant slow-moving laser bolt. So that makes sense. Yeah, you gotta charge it up a lot. John, best kill. Uh, I gotta go with Carl Weathers. He gets it the best. Uh, Not only do we get a great special effects moment where his arm gets blown off and the jelly limb lands on the ground... Uh, and kind of flops around like a dead fish attached to a firearm that's still going on. But just the look of, and I don't know if it's necessarily shock or like he's just disappointed in himself. <laughs> as the predator stabs him and then lifts him three feet off the ground. And he's just like, ah, man. I got a case of the Mondays today. I just can't do anything right. I'm crawling with scorpions. I've upset my workmates, and now I'm dead. This is a bummer. Mark, best kill. Uh, I gotta give it to the the poor dude who gets the machete through his chest <laughs> in the village raid because it gets that's the like first Arnold Schwarzenegger like super quip. <laughs> that he's in on, that he knows. There's a couple in Commando where he says the lines, but he clearly doesn't know that they're jokes. But this is one, he throws a giant sword through a dude's chest, it pins him to a wall, and he says, to the camera, <laughs> stick around, with that nice little smile on his face, right. and then and then sprints out of the room. <laughs> because he's wasting valuable killing time. 
All right, we are moving on to our next bullet point, war crimes. War crimes. Patrick, tell me about the war crimes in this movie. <laughs> Where do you even begin? First you have an American, the second American Special Forces team that is invading a foreign country that we are not probably at war with. Uh, you have the complete destruction of a village in the jungle that probably had, like, you know, janitors and farmers <laughs> and stuff. And yeah, there, there might have been a pharmacist in there. We don't know. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> Some I, registered nurses? A maybe kindly a, shopkeeper a, with way too much KY jelly <laughs> who's looking to make a deal. I honestly cannot tell you whether or not all of the Boy Scout slash Rambo forest traps are within the confines of the Geneva Convention or not. But I can definitely say that the tactical nuclear strike in the jungle is probably a war crime. Now, I will say this. In defense of the traps and the nuclear strike, the traps were used on the Predator, who is an alien and thus not covered ah, by any conventions. That's fair. There's no way they're signatories. That's right, exactly. So I feel like the Predator, I feel like those are okay. <laughs> now, had a human being gotten hit by one of those traps, like say, Poncho John, <laughs> it would definitely be a war crime, so yes, there's that. Which one was Poncho? Was he Carl Weathers? <laughs> or was he Jesse Ventura? Or was he Arnold Schwarzenegger? No, Poncho's the talking skateboarding dog. <laughs> Don't you remember? It was Airbud 19. <laughs> I have no memories of skateboarding dogs. They sound cool. <laughs> Gosh, if only this particular cool skateboarding dog had a name. A name that John might reference over and over again. Just, I'm coming up blank, you guys. Yeah, I feel like, like everyone Poncho. should be talking about him, though. <laughs> and we have been. <laughs> Julia, tell me about some war crimes. Oh my god, what did we not cover? Oh, we blew down an entire forest. Yeah. With guns. Just all trees, all life, anywhere within, I don't know, 50 yards? Uh, 50 square yards. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, this is a 50 by 50 yard square. Uh, Yes, endangered animals were definitely killed. Uh, protected forests were mowed down, and now the world's rubber supply has gone to hell. Just gone. <laughs> yeah, so no more tires, America. <laughs> I like that that's a stereotype of Americans, that we just love tires. Uh, we can't get enough. Uh, John, I bought 13 tires today, so... <laughs> and, he, and he doesn't even have a car. That's right, no. You must I, be a zillionaire. Tires are super expensive. Yeah, because yeah. we blew up the damn forest. Yeah. Yeah. Predator. Come on. I got to make all those obstacle courses for those football <laughs> players to run through. What do you think I'm doing with my free time? Editing this podcast? Please. John, war crimes. Uh, so I'm going to flip the script a little bit. I'm going to say that the greatest war crime is the fact that we, and by we I mean the human race, have been invaded by a hostile alien force. <laughs> And this hostile alien force has not only been hunting, presumably without a license. <laughs> uh, not showing proper respect to our fallen dead. <laughs> taking and cleaning our skulls to bring back to its planet as trophies and or like candle holders for his girlfriend's Etsy shop. Uh, but also 
He brings the tactical nuclear warhead to Earth to begin with, not past customs. He does not declare it on his way into the country. And then he uses it on a civilian population. Arnold Schwarzenegger, remember, is not an official member of the military. He is a mercenary. He is a gun for hire. Search and rescue. (laughs) Which technically makes it worse. Right. He might as well be a Red Cross volunteer. You know, I liked all that, but I'm a little struck by the fact that it sounds like to me, in this movie, you're on Team Human? (laughs) How is that who you're rooting for? Uh, I will say, uh, for myself, Mark, the war crimes, the biggest war crime is that we did not mention that the Predator was initially played by Jean-Claude Van Damme! Yeah. The greatest war criminal of our time! <laughs> and he was in a huge pink, like, bird-duck thing. Yeah! <laughs> the suit was so ridiculous, and he was so short in comparison to Schwarzenegger, that he had to be replaced by the guy who played Harry and Harry and the Hendersons. Yeah. Which is better than had he been replaced by the guy who played Alf. Yeah, right, Exactly. <laughs> Although this movie would have been pretty amazing if it was just Alf. (laughs) The big reveal. When he takes off his little dread mask and it's just Gordon Shumway. (laughs) And he's just like, hey, you got any kids? (laughs) That's my excellent Alf impression. (laughs) With his immortal catchphrase, hey, get me some cats, please. Yeah, don't you remember that? That was in all those VH1 I Love the 80s shows. <laughs> That's true. It just doesn't sound the same without Michael Ian Black in the background <laughs> making faces. Because when Michael Ian Black makes faces, it makes noise. That's <laughs> what you're saying. I'm sorry, Michael Ian Black. I actually like you. You're pretty great. John's terrible. Make another Wet Hot American Summer, you idiot. They are! I win. <laughs> All right, and finally, we come to our last bullet point. Is this an action movie? Guys, I think we can all answer this at the same time. Yes! yes! It is an action movie. (laughs) This is the action movie. Absolutely, absolutely The greatest action movie in history. It's a sci-fi action horror extravaganza. (laughs) (laughs) It is absolutely a great action movie. I think, personally for me, Desperado edges it out just a little bit, uh, but they are definitely of a kin. John likes higher cheekbones and longer hair on his mouth. (laughs) Who doesn't? (laughs) Although, we're going to have to do a side-by-side comparison to see which one has more butts. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like Predator wins out. There's an awful lot of behinds. Now, something that I did notice in this movie, because it, it shares such a close relationship with the Alien franchise, is this first movie in particular is almost a complete inverse of Alien. It is... Instead of taking place in a dark, confined space, it is way out in the open, bright daytime in the jungle. Uh, Instead of being a metaphor for reproduction, and especially female reproduction with the eggs and the weird face huggers and the chest bursters. That's how birth works, right, you guys? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, okay. Cool. There's face hugging and then chest bursting. Uh, this one is <laughs> <laughs> This one is definitely about male sexuality. There are lots of very big guns and lots of very big greasy muscles. Uh, I have no greater point to make about this. <laughs> but but and yet you've you've 
voiced it so eloquently. Yeah, no, I was loving where we were going. I was I was almost mad at first because you were like, this is too serious, John. <laughs> Stop being intellectual about Predator. I guess what I'm saying is, when is the Predator and the alien going to fuck? <laughs> uh, technically, they did, uh, and the result is Alien vs. Predator Requiem. <gasps> that sounds like a dope movie. Let's watch that right now. <laughs> I don't think that's what I heard about. How could it fail? It's about aliens, it's about predators. Surely there will be no boring human subplot that takes up most of the movie with characters we don't care about, settings that don't make sense, and wait a minute, I've seen this movie, and I hate it, and I hate you a little bit too now, Patrick. (laughs) You didn't hate me a little bit before? (laughs) Patrick, your final review of Predator. Greatest movie ever. Julia, your final review of Predator. Four mandibles of amazing. John, your final review of Predator. I give it three out of five diehard scripts. <laughs> Mark, your final review of Predator. I give it one tactical nuclear warhead to the world! <laughs> the world in my heart. <laughs> no, you guys don't like, no, you don't we, like we the emotions. I'm not going to follow you for that. Where did we even go? I don't know. I don't know. I guess we're done here. Thanks for listening to Body Counts and Beer. I'm Mark Rosenthal. I'm Patrick Bromley. I'm going to get to the chopper, you guys. I'll, I'll see you in there. I'm John Rooney. And thanks to our special guest, Julia Rigby, one of the stars and writers of Public Access Live, returning to the Public House Theater May 12th through June 30th, Thursdays at 8 p.m. here in Chicago, Illinois. Please come down. Tickets are available now at the Public House website, pubhousetheater.com. I am winning the game of Pimping my own creation! Did did you want to say goodbye, Julia? Goodbye, everybody. It was a real treat. (laughs) And we'll see you again real soon. (laughs) Good night. Body Counts and Beer is Patrick's sexual Tyrannosaurus Bromley, John's sexual Pterodactyl Rooney, and Mark's sexual Dimetrodon Rosendahl. Thanks to our special guest, Julia Sexual Archaeopteryx Rigby. Please like us on Facebook, subscribe to us on iTunes or SoundCloud, and follow us on Twitter at Body Count Cast. 